The Dead Show of the Month Podcast. Welcome back to the Dead Show of the Month Podcast. It's me, your old friend Dave, and we're back with another amazing journey with the Grateful Dead and Friends. Joining us in studio, my friend and yours, my co-host Bob. Good Dave, evening, sir. Dave, how are you today? I'm better than most, not as good as some, man. And here we are yeah. with uh, some yeah. fantastic Grateful Dead music. I'm excited because this comes from my favorite three-day run in 1977. Well, it's a hell of a run. It really is. Yeah. And there's just some stuff that goes on that just is so fresh and uh, exciting yeah. in that run. Yeah. And, and you were you got to go to one of those shows on the run, and we'll, we'll get to that maybe at, at halftime. But the run I'm talking about is the fall three-day run of upstate New York in 1977. This month's show, Dead Show of the Month number 181, will be The Grateful Dead, of course, from Colgate University on November 4th, 1977. Again, my favorite three-day run. I know a lot of people have some opinions on three-day runs in 1977, one that stands out in particular. I like this. They had a certain ferocity in the, in the end of 1977 that they didn't have in the beginning. Yeah, uh, you know, even going back to um, a standout show like English Town. Yeah. Um, a great show, awesome show, you know, historic, epic. There's things that happened in this later three-day run that was more intense, I think. Yeah. And and kind of blew the doors off of whatever, you know, we were expecting. Maybe it was Jerry Garcia's guitar. The Tiger was back. Tigers are known to be ferocious, so... We'll get to your story of, of Binghamton at halftime, but let's get things going for everybody here. The Grateful Dead from Colgate University. What city is that in, Bob? Uh, Hamilton, New York. Hamilton, New York. Upstate New York. This also was homecoming night, I read on the internet. It? that It was only open. The only people that were supposed to be able to go were students and their guests. <laughs> okay. So that was quite, <laughs> I'm sure, quite the crowd. Happy homecoming, everybody. Let's get things going. You guys enjoy this amazing Grateful Dead show, and we will see you guys right here at halftime. Enjoy the show.
Thank you, and happy homecoming.
We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back in just a few minutes, so everybody hang loose. Homecoming weekend at Colgate University, Bob. Let it grow there. Very interesting <laughs> first set. <laughs> right. uh, I never had a homecoming like that myself. So yeah. I, you know. A lot of a lot of deadheads were able to make access uh, and make connections, but yeah, for the most part, this was the student body and their dates, and I, I don't know how long they all stayed. There are ample stories out there on the internet about this show, including an interesting one of a small-time dorm room pot dealer who ended up at the show, and the Grateful Dead had come back from Canada and had uh, gotten their pot taken away. Right. And so he actually supplied the pot to the crew or, or the band and the crew. Uh, interesting story out there on the Facebook that mm. I found about November 4th, 1977. I think there was some evidence of the ferocity that I was talking about. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I, I really think that the ferocity of this run really manifested itself two days later in Binghamton, where you and your lovely wife, Ruth, were able to attend that show. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, I don't know, you know, we, it was a last-minute decision. I think we had no tickets. We just drove up, and it was general admission. And um, we got there, and there was crowds of people. As a matter of fact, they never took our tickets because the press was so hard on the door that tickets were not generally taken. Interesting. It was a little scary. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, and, uh, and then we wound up, you know, down like right in front of the stage and uh, proceeded to be, you know, the Grateful Dead had their way with us with, uh, I don't know, I don't know, 15 minute long uh, half step. I think that's pretty close to what it was. It was <sighs> ridiculously intense. It was like a whole show. It was like a whole show. By itself. And, I have uh, my own story about this show, but right, you, yeah. <laughs> you, your story is better because you were actually there. Yeah, but it was all just fantastic. You know, it's just, you know, so lively. And, uh, but, you know, you can see it coming when you, you hear this show from 11 4, and there's the um, friend of ours went to the Rochester show in between, and he thought that was the better show himself. I don't. It's pretty damn good. It, yeah. And so uh, all three worth uh, lining up and, and, Putting them on your turntable, if that's the right phrase these days. I don't know what we'd say. But, um, yeah, great music. It's my favorite three-day run from 77. I'm not an, I'm not an anti-fan of the May 77 three-day run at Cornell and Buffalo and Boston. I just think they really made the Grateful Dead pretty for a while. You know what I mean? Like like a little bow tied on top of it. And like it they always seem to be trying for something different in their career, and it seems like they were really trying to make things pretty perfect you know like very shiny and sparkly these three shows have that kind of dark tie-dyed underbelly that i like so much you know yeah. a little bit a little bit more freaky and needed a shave or something right? something you know, like a little, that a little chaotic here and there and a little intense it seems like the the intensity level was ratcheted up a little bit again maybe it was the tiger maybe it was traveling to canada prior to this who, who knows it's hard to tell what does it I, I doubt it was the crowd if it was a kind of invite-only type event. I, I doubt they were feeding too much off normal Grateful Dead crowd. Yeah, um, you know, sometimes they, yeah, there's always that dynamic of how did it happen? You know, was it, you know the band and the, and the audience together, or did one get there before the other? And yeah, I don't know. Well, Sam it's, Cutler, it's go, right? when we interviewed Sam Cutler, he, he said that Jerry got off on the idea of playing in front of people that weren't fans when they went to Europe in 72. That was a big deal for Jerry was, I, I want to see what, you know, we know what our fans are going right. to drool over anything that we do at this point in our career, but what are these, like, people who don't really know what's coming to them going to think? 
So maybe maybe Jerry was excited at that aspect of it at, at Colgate that night. Again, I don't know the exact percentage of population at this show, whether it was, you know, 80% homecoming crowd and 20%, you know, normal weirdo crowd or 80, 20 the other way. Who knows? Yeah. I could see a lot of guys taking their dates out of there in a hurry, though, uh, in their <laughs> chiffon prom homecoming dresses. I don't know much about homecoming, but it, it doesn't sound like it's a, a Grateful Dead type event. So I'm sure that was a very electric homecoming. Well, they sure laid it down here in the first set. That's, yeah. that's a fact. Yeah, real good stuff. And the the Binghamton show, getting back to that, you know, we, myself and Cousin Darren listened to that on a, on a particularly interesting night on the peninsula out in Yuma. And I can mm-hmm. tell you that after the half step, both of us were muttering to ourselves. I, I think Darren muttered out loud, that was the... That was just the first song that just happened right there. Scratching the head. Yeah, it it really (laughs) twists and turns. So uh, we did do the Binghamton show several years ago on this podcast. Mm -hmm. You were our guest and got deeper into Binghamton's story. So for those of you guys more curious about uh, a truck that will make the hairs on the back of your (laughs) neck stand up, to find that podcast several years ago, maybe a decade ago. It's been – I don't think you were my – my full-time sidekick at the time. Yeah, I'd have to look at the list. But, um, yeah, that trucking is for the ages and certainly culminated the second set yeah. in, a, in a way not normally heard. It was gigantic. Gigantic. Yeah. It comedic, actually, you know. Yeah. It was uh, We had a good quite... old time with that very same show. I can tell you that I I understand the uh, what is what what's embodied in this fall 1977 run through upstate New York as again as opposed to the May 77 run through upstate New York you know it's they're yeah. different they're different really? in, in different ways just a handful of months apart and but I know, so it's different weird. They, yeah. they just turn the dial a little bit every tour you I, know click I'd it forward I liked where they turned it to on this tour yeah it was very good stuff so there you go everybody that was Bob's experience and with this run in particular, the last show of the run, I'm sure after he listened to this tape in preparation for the podcast tonight, that he wishes he would have driven up to Hamilton and scored some homecoming tickets. Absolutely. The set list is beautiful. Yeah. The second set is still to come, but before then we have our halftime music. And what would that be today? I have some Herbie Hancock. Mm. Of course, everybody knows how, how good he can be on the keyboards with his little jazz band with Jocko from weather report on bass. Nice. So we'll uh, spin that your way. You know this will spin slightly out of control in a good way. And you guys enjoy that, and we'll meet you back here when they're all done. This is Jay from Ontario, and you're listening to the Dead Show of the Month podcast.
Thank <laughs> you. 
It's a song called It Remains to be Seen, and it's written by Benny Marvin.
Some good mid to late 70s jazz there. We, we got to see Jocko one time with Weather Report. <laughs> nice. At uh, Universal Amphitheater. Blew me away. Unbelievable show. Yeah, Just, I couldn't believe it. It's such a shame that he was gone so early. They're, they're so. quite the, the outfit there. Oh, man. I had never <laughs> heard anything like, well, I, they were different than anything I'd ever heard. Yeah, and, and all, you know, speaking of the good 70s jazz there, there was a time period, and you had mentioned before, we listened how, you know, the show we're listening to this month from the Grateful Dead is only a few months down the road, but it changed so much. And it's funny to to think of how jazzy the Grateful Dead had been themselves only a couple of years earlier. Now, jazzy is different than jazz. Right. But right. You know, they, I think they would have enjoyed our halftime music back there in 1973, 74. And it hadn't occurred yet. They were ahead of their time. All together. So one yep. thing I wanted you to reprise a little bit from your, your Binghamton days, if mm-hmm. you don't mind. Yeah, remind me. You told me about the drive. You, you have several oh, good drive. show stories, but you have a lot of good drive home stories. And So why don't you tell our, our faithful listeners, for those who didn't tune in, you know, 10 well, years ago. Well, sometimes it's the drive in between the shows, right? When you're like on these, you know, going from L.A. the night before the closing of Winterland to Winterland and... You just saw a phenomenal show with Hamz Aldin and all this great music blasting away, and then you gotta drive the grapevine. This was, um, it was probably a three, four hour drive from where I lived at that time. And uh, so we got out of the show after being, you know, lambasted by this incredible music. And yeah. this truck and that just, you know, blew the doors down, and a Johnny Begid that was, you know, again, just like signature, and you could just about hear the hands being you know wiped going you know time and uh wandered back to the car and started driving from Binghamton New York through you know that part of New York and Pennsylvania New Jersey and hit three hours of fog oh that must have been interesting that was a lot of fun and uh I think we got home around 4 30 in the morning to find uh both sets of parents because we were you know just college age at that point they were they were awake wondering you know where the hell their kids were because we didn't we didn't think that we'd be home that late it's not that far it's three uh, hours three hours anyway we wandered in and uh, you know heads were shaken and we went to bed so um the fog story the fog story oh man that that was the uh my two fog stories are the one between the close uh before the closing of Winterland from L.A. and uh, that one. so, But I always wind up being the driver in those cases. I don't know why. 
and I, I would never do that now. After your description of how that concert went for you, I don't, I don't know if it's a why that I'm asking, more as much as a how you were huh. able to drive through that impressive fog bank, fog storm. What, I don't even know. Fog occurrence. Yeah, it was a strange occurrence in the desert. Um, yeah, somehow. Um, youth, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So we got the Grateful Dead here in upstate New York a uh, couple of days before you were lucky enough to see them. And, and yeah, I mean, that, that show at Binghamton doesn't really have that moment where they tap you firmly on the rear nicely and, and send you home softly and gently. It kind of sends you home with a catapult. <laughs> and this second set coming up, it yeah, does catapult. have that, that really, really sweet Jerry moment later on. It also it features what I believe, at least in my head, and I, I don't have a way to measure this, but... I do believe that it has one of the fastest versions of a particular second set song. Yeah. I think you guys will notice the difference. It's it it swings. So it swings. Yeah, a very good second set coming up. It will take you there all the way there and it will bring you back a little more gently, I think, perhaps than the Binghamton eleven six show, but you guys enjoy this. The Grateful Dead, we've talked so much about a show two days later. We might as well let you listen to the show. From two days earlier, yeah. November 4th, 1977, from Hamilton, New York, at Colgate University. You guys enjoy this, and we'll meet you back here when it's all over. I think it would be propitious for us to introduce the band. We're the Jones Gang, folks. Over here, over here on stage, uh, stage right, we have Mr. Keith Jones on the keyboards. To his immediate left, on uh, the uh, electric guitar, we have Jerry Jones. And of course, on drums, the one and only Julius P. Jones. In center stage, ladies and gentlemen, a star whose name has gone beyond him, even unto the farthest galaxies. <laughs> Bob Jones. <laughs> On drums back here, we have also, actually, uh, I'm Phil Jones, and that's Mick Jones. I'd like to introduce all the other Joneses. Would all the other Joneses please step right out here? And we have Harry Jones over here. We have Alex Jones over there. Mama, she was a good old girl. We have John Jones back there. We have Larry Jones. We have William Jones. Freshly deported from Canada.
Find out.
that song
And here's hoping you all have a happy homecoming. <laughs> Thank you. 
Aguilar. Good night. Bob, um, Yes. D- damn, right? Damn, I mean, jeez. Like, <laughs> to think they had more in the tank for what is, I agree with your friend, the Rochester show is freaking amazing in its own right. And that same ferocious intensity. And then the following night in Binghamton, you and I both know the the powers encased in that recording and you with a live experience. Just an incredible second set. And again, my favorite 1977 run right here. You know, they kicked blasted, off with a bang. Yeah, they, they, they played Samson and Delilah at, either at the front of the second set, all three shows, or like maybe the second song. Yeah. They, they were, you know, it wasn't just the Sunday song. They were really into tearing this whole building down. They were, yeah. and, and they did. And, yeah. yeah. 76 through 78, Samson was... Uh, really common, but in '77 and uh, in particular, it did seem like it was kind of there every every damn night. But as I've said before, you know, one time Jerry was accosted by a some reporter or another asked why they played Throwing Stones so much, and he said because we like it. We like it. So <laughs> I mean, that is important <laughs> at some point. So it, it right. they like it. Uh, the Grateful Dead. That was November fourth, nineteen seventy-seven. For the first set, they played Bertha and a Good Lovin', Brown Eyed Women, Cassidy. It must have been the Roses, Sunrise, New Minglewood Blues, Dupree's Diamond Blues, and Let It Grow to conclude the first set. For a halftime show from February 1977, Herbie and Jocko, some good jazzy weirdness there for you guys at halftime. I hope you enjoyed it. The Grateful Dead second set had, as, as Bob mentioned, Samson and Delilah. Of course, it, it started with the whole Jones gang. <laughs> yeah. Phil had to introduce the entire band as the, as the Jones gang. And then Samson and Delilah, a very rare cold rain and snow. Yeah. Not just for yeah. in that spot, in that set, but in general in 77, it wasn't really out there as much. So right. Th- that might have been the only one, right? Interesting. I, it might be. I don't know. You, you got the statistical analysis to, to be done there. And then the Titanic jam of playing in the band into what I think is the fastest damn eyes of the world of all time it's, in the history of the world it's snappy yeah maybe the the mid 80s uh nose candy days it got close to that but it, it seemed very different and they played on rochester a uh, beautiful eyes to open the second set the following yes. night right wasn't like that wasn't the hyper yeah it was more lush it was more like an eyes of the world yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway playing in the band in the eyes of the world and estimated profit into the other one uh into uh, a quick little drum duo into Ico Ico which had made its appearance earlier in the year, bantied about once in a while. Stella Blue, a very, very nice Stella Blue. And then they concluded that second set by reprising playing in the band, which they were uh, off to do in 77. And this conclusion was no less thrilling than than any of the other ones and possibly Mm. a little bit more fulfilling because of what was tucked inside of it. The encore that evening was Johnny Be Good. Damn, Bob, a dream set list there. Um, That's a beauty. Dazzling interplay. Love the estimated profit. Yeah. And, and the eyes, which is at, you know, breakneck speed, is still tight. Yeah. It's, 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 it works perfectly. I'm not, I don't want to say I make it seem like I'm complaining or anything. I it thought got, it's big. It's swaying. It's a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it went, it went, <laughs> you know, it made, it made it all worth it. Uh, great interplay from the band. Smooth vocals as per the usual in 1977. Not bad for the Jones gang there, man. Yeah, you know, just hanging out upstate New York, you know. Phenomenal stuff. Well, you guys, do you think it was phenomenal? Did you enjoy it? You could send us an email at deadshowofthemonth at hotmail.com or send us a message thingy or post thingy on the Facebook. 
at www.facebook.com slash podcast. I want to thank you for stopping by as listeners and as well as my co-host. I'm really glad you came by tonight for this one, Bob. It's yes. brought right took you right down memory lane, didn't it? It did. And um, it's nice to kind of be out there again. Some, you know, Dave and I got to share a yeah, live show recently. And, we did. We and, didn't even uh, hang out with some of the, yeah. the family and it was quite nice. Yeah. Bob's talking, you know what? I, I, I guess I should have put that in my notes for earlier. Bob and I had the uh, what I consider the ext- extreme privilege of seeing Dead and Company at the Hollywood Bowl. Bob went all three nights because he's like that. I just went the first night, and wow, I, I wow, I have really changed my my mind on these guys. They've grown on me. Uh, the things that, that I that I don't appreciate about them, they didn't do a whole lot of that night. Mm. You know, there was no changing of songs around that weren't written by anybody that's currently in the band. I don't appreciate that. None of them, none of <laughs> right. them did that that night. Right. And uh, as far as the the pacing of it, I, I I nudged Dorothy from San Dimas at the show and said, "This really isn't that much slower than 1994 Grateful Dead." I mean, they had gotten to a point where things had really slowed down for them when Jerry was alive. So I was kind of, you know, this. I don't know if they picked up the pace or I just got accustomed to it, but damn playing in the band is a good way to open a show i agree i agree um set the tone man yeah and uh you you were calling it as far as closing the first set you knew that was coming i you know i was hoping it was gonna be at the end of the third day myself because i've seen that but i'm uh, starting to know when they like start toying around with a d that yeah like and there was a playing in the band earlier that it's gonna come back and my brain is actually i've actually started to be able to figure that stuff out so yeah I, i heard it i was telling you you know, they're going to play Date Rate by the Van right now. Right? And you were looking at me like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we had fun with that. It was a really nice crowd. Lots it really of was. Friendly people. So nice to be back with live music. And um, Ruth and I have managed to do a couple of things. We saw Billy Strings, which was a blast. God, I love that guy. And, yeah. Uh, we saw him and we saw the Stones and Van Morrison and and the Three Dead shows. So we were full of, of live music here after uh, almost a, it was more than a year and a half. Yeah, it was a long anything. time for me. That was my first big show. And I can tell you that everybody was a lot more behaved. Well, it was an extremely well behaved show. Uh, and it didn't detract from it in any way, but it just, you would kind of think that, a, you know, the first big show in SoCal of that nature everybody cooped up for so long that they would just kind of lose their bananas and man it was like everybody was just they having had a good old freaking time and, and being reasonable and responsible at least on the outside holding it together yeah Quiet, quietly freaking but boy it sounded good it sounded really, really good. good I had no complaints <laughs> it was like wow this is really cool man I yep. wanted that days between I think it came it came for you later right yep yeah, it figures. Sorry. It's okay. It is what it is, but uh, thanks for, for getting me those tickets, man. That oh, was Yeah, it was great. Really a cool Dead Show of the Month outing. I posted pictures on our Dead Show of the Month, uh, the Facebook page. Yeah. And people got to see what we look like in our uh, in the wild. abnormal habitat. Yeah. Yeah. Very good stuff. Those, oh, are good, those are good pictures, actually. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. We had a really good time that night, man. It was a, it was a, a doozy. A doozy. I wasn't really expecting that to be that blown away. I knew I would enjoy myself, but I really was uh, taken aback at how good it was. And the kid is good. The kid's good. The kid, the kid's fucking good. Hey, man. there was a crack up. So there was a 
Harry Styles? Yes. That's a performer, right? Yes. Okay, so apparently uh, John Mayer was at the show. There's video of him up in the stands digging Harry Styles. Hmm. Like, totally into it. Yeah. It's a, it's a kick. All if right. you see it somewhere, it's just, I might have to look that up. Yeah, just it's just funny. It's like, yeah, let's let's all go and yeah. There's the people who make it and they enjoy it too. So, yeah, he's uh, the, the 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 fucking kid's good. Yeah. He's, he's really good. All right, uh, for next month's show, that uh, you will only be able to get it here if you come back. Uh, we're going to go back to the Bay Area during the era of Live Dead, the the Greater Bay Area, I guess we should call Northern California. Yeah. Not, not quite what you guys are expecting, but you will like it. Some amazing Primal Dead coming up next month. For my co-host Bob, this is your old friend Dave saying so long from Chino, California. The Dead Show, the Mike Podcast. Podcast.